0: So this, uh, this week, on Wednesday, was uh, my wife and I, we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. And uh, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, it's amazing how fast time goes. It was just about 20, 22 years ago that I was doing this very thing. I was giving announcements in church. I was the youth pastor, kind of like Tim, doing some announcements. And I saw uh, a guest who just looked a little lost at the church and thought, I, you know what, I need to go uh, make sure that person knows, you know, uh, that feels comfortable here at church. And so it was my wife, Laura, and uh, got to welcome her to the church and uh, just really make her feel at home, right? So it's the least I could do as a pastor, right? Uh, but what was, what's kind of important, I guess, uh, the reason I say that is the church has been important in our lives. I mean, before we met, um, but when we met. It's where we first um, met each other, where we first had our conversations. It's uh, where we got married. It's where our kids were raised. It's where we were discipled in the Lord and um, where we grew to not only love him, but to love each other and to love one another. And so church has been important for us over these 20 years and beyond. And I hope the same thing for you. Uh, whether, wherever you're at in stage of life or however long you've been a, a part of this church, I pray that this is part of your journey that uh, it's part of where you meet with the Lord, where you grow in your faith, and that we would be able to do that together as a congregation. So that's my hope. Uh, Anyway, uh, even before that, end of last week, I was kind of had a a, a terrifying drive out to Riverside. Anybody ever drive out to Riverside, out the 91? Oh, you know. And um, it's uh, early in the morning, you're, you're driving somewhere between corona and riverside uh, the sun starts kind of coming up out over the mountains and as you are driving up as the sun starts to peak up over the mountains the the lines that orient you into the freeway you know there's probably like six lanes or so they all go away like the sun comes up the glare is on the freeway and all those lines go away And it's really, I don't know, it's because there's so much, like, construction over the years and all that. You see old lines that were painted over, but the lines that are there you can't see. And it's just terrifying. And you just, like, you know, white-knuckling it. And and I, I remember just saying, like, just follow the car in front of me. Just follow the car in front of me until you get past that. But it's it's just a it's a terrifying experience if you've ever done that it's it's hard when your orientation is lost and you're just kind of going with it and just hope you don't crash you know as i was thinking about this sermon we are on a sermon series on rest on talking about the sabbath the sabbath rest and it was started last week by daniel and he talked about kind of creation right and how god you know on the seventh day what did he do he rested. He ceased from working, and he rested. And we see that play out with the Ten Commandments and and, and through our lives. And so, um, but I I know just on some of the conversations that for some of you, it's kind of like a reorienting. You kind of have to like, uh, you have to rethink of some things. You know, the way that you were raised is maybe different, right? And you have to kind of start to think, how does this fit into my life? It happens all the time like we do this in different ways i'll give you three examples real quick Uh, baptism right Uh, most christians believe that uh, disciples are to be baptized right in the name of the father son and the holy spirit but beyond that, we disagree, right? Uh, Is it infants or is it adults? Do you full, do you sprinkle or full submersion? Uh, Do you wear a robe or can you do a t-shirt? Can you do it up here in the church or you do it at the beach? Can you do it in a horse trough? We did that, and I'm like, I don't know if this is right. You know, we're going to try it, Um, but there's all these different things. Um, What's the right age? You know, if it is adult, that like junior high, like fifth grade, sixth grade, I mean, what, what is it? There's all these kinds of things, and where churches disagree, and maybe you, ra- you were raised thinking one thing, and then over the years, you kind of had to reorient yourself to this. Another one is communion, right? All Christians believe that as we gather, we are to remember uh, the resurrection of Jesus, right, through this meal called communion. But then, like, how often do we do it? Every week, you know, every time, once a month, once a quarter. Do you do it with wine or grape juice? Do you do it a full meal or those little wafers? Uh, do you, like, prepare it or do we use those prepackaged, you know, things that we pass around? Like, what's the right way? You know, how do we do this? What's the right age to take communion? All that. Uh, worship songs. That's another one. We, all Christians believe worship songs should be a part of the, the service. But what kind of worship songs? Hymns or praise songs, right? Do you, uh, how long? Do you repeat, you know, three times? Or, you know, do you keep going a long time? Like, how often do you repeat them? How often do you introduce new songs? All those kinds of things. Do you have drums? Do you not? Like, all that. And churches disagree, right? But there's not always one right answer. Sometimes there's, we just have to go with it, right? Just like, does God calling us to? And go. But we reorient ourselves frequently to these things. Okay? This topic today might be one of those same things. I want you to think back, like, when you hear the word Sabbath and you think back, right, back to your childhood, like, what comes to mind? What did Sundays look like? Some of you, maybe you weren't raised in a church, so Sunday, that was just a sleeping day, right? With no good cartoons. No good cartoons were on Sunday, like, when I was growing up, right? But they are always on Saturday. But, for some people, they, they don't have a lot. But others, you are raised in the church. And so when you think about Sunday morning, if you think about Sabbath or whatever, you have a lot of images. For me, I, here's what I think of. I, I think of getting up early for church. Uh, we had to wear, like, nice clothes. I had to wear slacks, you know, uh, the kind of pants that you'd only wear at, like, grandma's birthday, you know, and on Sunday mornings. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like them, but that's, we had to dress up. We were there for two services, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock or so. Um, It was a a lot of church in the morning. And then we would go home and we'd have supper, right? Uh, It wasn't lunch. It was supper. It was a nice meal, right? Kind of the meat and potatoes meal. So it was a big lunch. And then after lunch, we'd just kind of, you know, rest. Um, There wasn't much on TV at that time. It was like 3 o'clock. It was like wide world of sports. It was like, you know, race, you know, car racing or boxing, It wasn't very fun, right? The football games were already over by that time. Um, So, you know, it was just kind of like a a slow afternoon. But then we'd get dressed up again and go back to church. Evening service, right? This one was less fancy. I didn't have to wear slacks. I could get away with jeans or shorts. But uh, it was another hour of church. And so uh, then we'd come home, and it was get ready for school, you know, the, the following day. But that was my image of of Sundays, right? Uh, a couple heapings, uh spoonfuls of church, uh, another good uh, heaping spoonful of lunch, and not a lot of shopping. Stores were kind of closed. Malls closed by five o'clock. Nothing was really open other than restaurants and grocery stores and movies. Um, but that was, our, that was growing up. Right? But now things are changed, right? Uh, other than Chick-fil-A, everything is open, right? There's a, a lot that's open. Youth sports are, you know, huge on Sunday morning, right? They didn't used to be, but now they are. There's all kinds of things that are competing for us, and it makes us kind of rethink, what is our Sabbath? How, how do we use it? How are we supposed to use it? Right? Even Sabbath over the years has changed, right? We see it very, the very beginning in creation, where, where God rested from his work, right? Not because he was tired, but for him to enjoy it, right? He was going to enjoy his creation, But then we don't really see uh, much more until we get to Exodus, right? Remember, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And for all these years in Egypt, guess what they didn't have? They didn't have a Sabbath. They were slaves, right? Work, work, work every day, seven days a week. He had to work. And so when God called them out and he was showing them, here's this new relationship, that fourth commandment was this Sabbath. Saying, hey, for six days you're going to work. But then you're going to take a day off and you're just going to rest. All right? Rest. You're going to rest. Your kids are going to rest. Your servants are going to rest. Even your animals are going to rest. It's a Sabbath day for you to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Right? So he blessed this day. It's a special day. But then we kind of see it unfold throughout the history. We see uh, there's really not a lot. It just says to rest, right? Don't do any work and all that. But the Pharisees and, and uh, I mean, some of the teachers, even through the Old Testament, kind of put these parameters around it. They just said, hey, it's important for us not to work, so we're going to make sure we don't work, and we're going to define all these things and what it is. And pretty soon they had all these rules to follow so that they didn't work, so they would keep the Sabbath holy. But Jesus comes in down the, down the road and kind of busts through all that, which we'll get today. And then let's see, we see the Christians. We see the early church and their, how they interact with it. And it's kind of this interesting relationship because I'm sure they still kept the Sabbath on that Friday evening to Saturday evening. They kept that because that was just culture. But we also know that on Sunday morning and Sunday evening that the church would gather. Remember, Sunday for them was a work day, all right? 7 a.m. on on Sunday morning, it's time to go to work. But the Christians would meet, right, for a a few minutes to be together. They'd maybe come together in the evening for a a meal together. They'd hear some teaching, read the scriptures, uh, pray, give their offering to help each other. So that happened on, on Sunday. Why? Because it was the day of the Lord's resurrection. They wanted to meet on the day that the Lord resurrected, so then it wasn't until 321 where Constantine says, okay, we're going to make this official. This is the official day. Uh, we're going to have worship on Sunday. It'll be a day of rest for Christians. And from that, it expanded and moved on. But we, here we are, 2023, what do we do with this? What do we do with the Sabbath? What do we do with the rest? Is it, is it obsolete because, like, Jesus fulfilled the law and all that, so we don't have to do this? We don't, you know, it's just... It's, it's uh, put aside, and so we just work, you know, we just work, work, work. Is that what we do? Or do we uh, go back to how it was? You know, go back to let's work six days a week, you know, we'll work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we'll take one day. All right off on 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 saturday just to to worship and be together is that the right thing we do or do we just keep it as is we have a two-day weekend we work for five days we work we rest for two days and we just keep it at that like what are we supposed to do as christians what like what what's the answer well today we just want to kind of keep looking at that and throughout this this short series we're going to be looking at what we do with the sabbath what's the purpose of it how do we respond to it Okay? We don't just ignore it, but maybe we don't have to follow it like we, uh, in, 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 in the past. Maybe there's a new way for us to struggle with this. But it is a struggle, and we need to work at it. All right? so, um, so what do we do with this? We're going to bring up some, some questions on what it is, what the Sabbath is about, what it is, and what's the purpose of it. And uh, we probably are not, I'll warn you, okay? we're probably not going to have this really nice, neat answer that everybody agrees with. Okay? Certainly uh, other denominations and all that. I think it's this area for us to to struggle with. Even reading in Romans 14 and 5 and 6, he says this, Paul writes, he says, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Okay? One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each one of them should be fully convinced in his mind. Right? Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so as the Lord, for they give thanks to the Lord. Whoever abstains does so for the Lord and give thanks to the Lord God. So there's going to be some space in here for us to kind of have some conversations and some wiggle room. But it's important for us to really understand, what do we do with the Sabbath? How do we rest in the Lord? Here's what I would say. Here's kind of my point, that Sabbath is a time that God has given to us. It's a blessing that he's given men and women to rest, to enjoy, to bring the kingdom of God here to earth. Right? It's a day for us to know that we are limited, that we are finite. We have our limits and we need time to slow down. We need time to rest. That's important. It's, it's also a day that it's not a ritual. Right. This is a day that brings joy and brings life into our lives, right? So many times we think of the Sabbath as it's like something we have to do. We have to go to Sabbath. We have to go to worship and we have to do this. That's never been the heart of God, which we'll get to in a little bit. It's a day that we trust God, right? That we put our faith in Him and just submit to Him and say, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. You lead me. And it's a day to look to Jesus, who is our Sabbath rest, okay? So that's what we'll be looking at today. But first, let's just kind of reorient ourselves to the Sabbath. Here's the question that, that we see in Scripture, and it's probably a good question for us to ask. Is man made for the Sabbath, or is a Sabbath made for man? So, uh, what's more important? Is the Sabbath really the most important thing and we, we are here to serve the Sabbath? Or is the Sabbath here and, and man is up here and we are, we are to, the Sabbath is to serve us? I mean, there's, that's a good question. We probably wouldn't ask it that way, but it's a good question. It's what we see in Scripture. But, but here's the thing. If man is made for the Sabbath, then we don't break the Sabbath at all. Right? We, we cannot break it. That's the most important thing. We, we have to serve it. If man is made for the Sabbath, then all of us would be probably doing probably a pretty lousy job. If man is made for the Sabbath, we would have to be saying these things much more frequent. We would have this phrase rolling off our lips almost every week. We would say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. It's the Sabbath. Right? I'm sorry, we can't do that. It's a Sabbath. Oh, I know it's the last day of the Orange County Fair, but we can't go because... It's a Sabbath, right? Oh, thank you for tickets to the game. We'd love to go, but we can't go because it's a Sabbath, right? I am made for the Sabbath. I mean, that that would be our language that we would use. It's funny. That's uh, kind of what somebody said to me this week. We're uh, we're redoing our bathroom, right? And uh, kind of just doing a little bathroom remodel, and we thought that it would be done by now. No, well, it's not done. <laughs> it's, it's going slower than we thought, right? So I, I called our contractor and, and uh, said, hey, if you want, if you want to work on Saturday, fine with us, right? If you want to have a six-day work week, it's okay, right? And he wrote back, he said, um, he said, we don't work on Saturdays, okay? And I, At first, I was like, ah, okay, that's fine. You know, just they, they need the weekend. That's, that's fine. But then I remembered, he's Jewish, all right? He's Jewish, he doesn't like, what he was saying, he was saying it nice, but he was saying like, we don't work on the Sabbath, right? I don't, nor does my crew. Nobody in my company is going to work on the Sabbath. We can't do that, right? That's an example of if man is made for the Sabbath, that's what it would be like in our lives. But if, but if the Sabbath is made for men, then it's a totally different thing. Then we have some space we get to play around with this, like, okay, what does it look like? What, can you go to the fair? Can you go to a baseball game? Can you, you know, exercise? Can you garden? Can you go shopping? Can you go to the movies on the Sabbath? So what does the Scripture say? Let's look at that. Yeah, We're going to look at Mark chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to Mark chapter 2. This passage is found in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we'll, we'll look at, at Mark's. Passage. Uh, already in this chapter, or in this book, we're just just uh, two chapters into it. We see tension is building. All right. One of the first things that Jesus does is he heals somebody on the Sabbath. Right? Uh, removes some uh, uh, an evil spirit from somebody, and then he heals Peter's mother-in-law on the Sabbath. Okay but it keeps going. He calls a tax collector, you know, to follow him. He eats with tax collectors. Uh, There's all these little things that are just building the tension, and we'll see it kind of come to a climax shortly after this. But in chapter 2, it's again the Sabbath, right? And, you know, I, I've, I've thought this before several times, that if, if Jesus just would not do things on the Sabbath, if he wouldn't heal, he would stay out of so much trouble <laughs> in the Gospels, right? It's almost like he's, like, doing this intentionally. Hmm. Here's a Sabbath again, and he, he does something, or just to shake it up. But in this passage, right, uh, it is a Sabbath, and it's not in a synagogue right now. There's no healing. It's about food, Right? It says here in verse 23, Mark 2, verse 23, it says one Sabbath, and just as, as a point for that, when you're reading the Gospels and you see that, one Sabbath, pay attention, all right? It's not just, it's a random Tuesday. No, it, this is intentional. This is what happens is intentional. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain, the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay, so just picture this. They're kind of walking through a grain field. They're taking some of the, the grain. They're picking it up. They're kind of rubbing it in their hands. that The chaff blows away, and then they eat the grain. Uh, not probably super flavorful. Um, to contextualize it, Um, Since some of us, that's kind of a hard image, it's like sunflower seeds, (laughs) all right? Not the sizzling bacon or the cool ranch, but just the plain, ordinary sunflower seed. It's like they're kind of taking the sunflower seeds, uh, throwing away the end, and eating the seed. And the Pharisees are looking at him saying, that's unlawful. And I'm like, okay, what, where in the, let's see, where does it say that? Was was that one of the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, On the Sabbath, do not pick grain and rub in your hands and eat. That's not there. But the Pharisees, they have, remember, they built these structures. And they said, that's unlawful. And for them, when they said that's unlawful, that's a sin. Well, then Jesus responds. In verse 25, he answers, he says, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? Do you see that? When they were hungry and in need. In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is unlawful only for priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. And then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see that? When they bring this up, he says, do, do you not remember what David did? Right? When he was hungry and in need. Remember that story. I, I won't read all of it, but it's in 1 Samuel 21. If you're interested, remember David is on the run. King Saul has had enough of him and he wants to, to kill him. And so he's fleeing from him. He runs away and he comes to the house of the the." the the house of God where there's consecrated bread. The bread would be be put out on the Sabbath. It was for the Lord. But after that was done, then the priest could eat that bread. But David came, not being a priest, says, I'm hungry. I'm in need. And he kind of tells some little white lies in here, right? Or maybe some like bold-faced lies. But he gets the bread. He eats it because he's in need. And, and Jesus is saying, Do you remember that? Like, when he was in need, he, he went and he ate this consecrated bread, right? Which wasn't really for him to eat, but he did anyway. And God was not mad because he was in need. He was hungry. So that he's not breaking the Sabbath. Um, but here, here's, like, here's a good question i got to ask. Did Jesus sin by breaking the Sabbath? I would say this, no, based on this, Jesus did not, even when he healed, even when he brought life to people, right, Uh, when he healed the blind or um, uh, cast out demons or whatever, he was not breaking the Sabbath. Now, he was breaking the man-made pharisaical laws. He broke their laws, sure. He would probably admit that, but he says, your laws are ridiculous because you're not even going to take care of the people in need. He says, I'll break your laws, but I'm not breaking God's law. Because this is holy, and what I do is holy. When I'm bringing life to someone, when I'm healing someone, when I'm bringing someone out of the darkness or out of despair, I'm doing the holy work. I'm keeping the Sabbath, I'm making it holy. And to eat on the Sabbath is a holy thing. You have not done anything wrong. But he's fighting against the culture of the day, against those pharisaical laws. But he's saying that God has always had a heart for those in need, right? The Sabbath was made for our spiritual and our physical good, right? That's just what it's there for, because we need it. So does, is God there as like, does he want just ritual or does he want joy, right? Is he for like, for health or is he for death? right? If, if he's for ritual, and if he's for death, like, we don't break the Sabbath for anything, okay? We don't break it for anything. If someone's, someone's hurt, well, they gotta wait. They gotta wait till the next day, all right? Um, that's, that would be his heart, but, but God is not that way. Do you remember reading in, in the prophets? He's like, you keep giving me ritual. You keep doing, like, just, you know, doing what I ask, but your heart's not in it, and that I, 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 it disgusts me. says, I don't want your rituals. I want your heart. All right, you, you keep giving me sacrifice. What I want is mercy. The Sabbath is a day of mercy. Not of ritual. Not of sacrifice. It's a day of joy. It's a day of life. So if God is for health... Then we got to know this that God will not deplore us or shame us when we do good, when we bring life, when we show mercy on the Sabbath. All right? It means that people are more important than the rules. And that's something we, I think we believe, but we sometimes get it wrong. But we remember once again that God is about the people, He's about that relationship, about showing them that love, not the rules. So more important than just resting on the Sabbath and saying no to all these things is finding delight in God. Find joy in Him. It's it's taking care of one another and serving one another. When we do that, when we show love, concern, and care, and mercy, when we laugh and we enjoy and we take time to create for the glory of God, God is magnified. God is glorified even if we do that on the Sabbath. Now, this is important because in our culture, um, even though you maybe as a Christian say, I don't work on the Sabbath, your bosses may make you work on, on Sabbath. Right? And I know. I know we have people. I have talked to you saying, oh, I wish I was here more often, but I have to work. Uh, oftentimes, it's health care. All right? So if you're a nurse, if you're a pharmacist, if you are a doctor and you're on call or you're, you're working on the Sabbath, God's not upset with you because you are bringing life to people. You are helping them with their physical needs. And instead of doing it for your boss, just in your mind, just say, I am doing this for the glory of God. Yes, my boss makes me work, but today is a day where I bring the kingdom of God to these lives, even if it's on the Sabbath. If, you were, if you're a server in a, in a restaurant or uh, if you work in a grocery store or something and you have to work on Sunday, it's a day that I get to bring food to people. I get to encourage their, the joyful celebrations that they're doing. I get to fill their stomachs with this food. I do that for the glory of God. See, he loves mercy. He loves that joy that we can bring on days like this. For our church staff, you guys know that our, our church staff, these are work days for our staff. Uh, they have to be here, right? And yeah, we try to make it up during the week, giving a day off and all that. But, but here's the thing, for us on a church staff, like this is a day for us to bring the, the glory of God to you, to be able to serve you and care for you and introduce you and your children, your students to the Lord. And that's a good thing. As as wonderful it is just to rest, that's part of it. The other part, though, that we have to see with the Sabbath is it's a day to bring the glory of God, to joy, to to be happy, to enjoy Him. That as we worship here on on Sunday, that this should be one day where everybody looks, looks at us and saying, they are enjoying themselves. There is joy on their faces. They're happy to be here. They're not here because they have to be here, wearing uncomfortable clothes that they don't want to wear. <laughs> that They're here because they want to be here. And they get to have this time of celebrating and being together and building relationships and loving one another. It's really important. So what's our criteria for the Sabbath? Is it permissible or impermissible? What do we do? I would say this. Um, This is just my list. I don't know. Uh, You can add to it. But I would say this. Does it bring life and pleasure? Is there something that brings life and pleasure? Does it bring joy? Is it merciful? Kind? Does it honor God? If there's things around us that that are these things, they bring life, they're pleasure, they honor God, uh, and he can be glorified through it, then go do it. Go do it and enjoy it to the glory of God. So the Sabbath is made for men and women to enjoy. The next part here is who is the Lord of the Sabbath? Like who's in control here? Jesus, right? The Sabbath points to Jesus. This is his day, right? Look at on this Mark uh, 2 passage, the verse 28, the last verse here. It says, just as, as Jesus just said, so the, the, the Sabbath was was made for men, not men for the Sabbath. Then he says, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. All right, Jesus is saying, This is my day, you guys. You Pharisees, you wanted to take this day. You wanted to put all these laws and regulations, all these no, 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 don't, 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 don'ts. This is my day. I'm the one who's defining this. I'm the Lord over this day. And this is a holy day, but it's a day that brings joy to God. All right? So this is my day. And in what we see, we're not going to get to this today, so this, I'm just going to kind of point it out, but we'll get to this in two weeks. But Jesus is a fulfillment of this. The Sabbath day points to him. Okay? Uh, well, I won't elaborate on this, but in Colossians chapter 2, if you're interested, He's talking about these kinds of things. He's been, you've been saved. You've been redeemed. You've been freed from your sin. Now, don't be defined by a day of the week. He says, these are a shadow of things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Right? It all is about him. And he says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and the Sabbath will give you rest. Is that what he says? It says, no, all you who are weary and burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. I'm your Sabbath rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and the Sabbath will give you rest. No, you will find rest from your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Friends, remember this that the Sabbath is the Lord's, right? And in the Sabbath, many things happen, but one of them, just remember, we remember our limits, right? That we are finite people. You can only go so long before you need food. You can only go so long before you need water. You can only go so long before you fall asleep and you need to sleep. Like, we have our limits. Sabbath is one of these things that just reminds us of our limits, all right? So on the Sabbath, yes, it's a day for us to rest, all right? So I hope that today, for those of you who are here, that you find some time to rest, all right? For those who are working, that are not able to, to, to do that, I pray that they have another day, some other time, even if it's a few minutes, to find rest. and Just say, Lord, you have given us rest. I, I want to enjoy that. Right? It's a day that we just focus on God, that we remember what God has done, and that, that, that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Let's think of him. That it's a day that we bond with Jesus, that we bond with him. We, we spend time with him. That it's a day that we spend together, eating together, laughing, loving, helping each other out. It's a day that we do God's will. Right, on the Sabbath. As I just think back over creation and just that in, in, in Genesis 2, and it just says, after he had finished his work, he rested, right? He rested uh, not because he was tired and worn out, but he rested because it was completed and he wanted to enjoy his creation. Just as some of you, maybe you did yard work yesterday, you know, uh, or maybe your gardener did yard work. <laughs> but you, you go in the backyard and you, you, you enjoy it. Like, it looks nice. Everything's put away. Everything's clean and level and all that. And you enjoy it. Or another analogy for like like a a mother giving birth. You you, you struggle for nine months and your health takes a beating, but you deliver that child. And then you get to bond with it and just hold it and love it. The Sabbath is like that. It's a day for you to bond with your Creator. Who loved you? Who says, I know you have things to do. You always do, but just take time. Trust me. Be with me. Rest with me. Let's enjoy some time together. So on the Sabbath, I want to remember my limits. I want to enjoy God. I want to love others. I want to give life. I want to show mercy. Think about what Christ has done. He is the one who did the work. That Christ did the work for us. And so we get to rest and trust in him. How's it work for me? Like for me, this has been um, like that, that right there. The trust in the Lord has been important. Number when I um, became your senior pastor about a year and a half ago? And uh, it was overwhelming, you know. Uh, there's so much to do and, you know, so many expectations, at least that I put on myself. And I remember this. I would um, uh, I'd preach a sermon on Sunday morning, uh, go home, you know, eventually have lunch and all that. And you know what I'd do? I'd get out my commentaries and start for the next week. It was like on Sunday afternoon, but I'm like, ah, I, there's so much pressure or whatever. And I would start, start reading, you know, commentaries already on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. And I remember just at some point just working, with the, working this out with the Lord and him just saying, can you trust me? Can you just let go of that for a day? I got you. I'm the one who's doing this stuff anyway. Just rest with me. Enjoy it. I've given this to you. I've given this blessing to you. Please don't shun it, but enjoy it. So these have been important days for me. I know our small group meets on um, Sunday evenings, and um, we're on a break. We'll start off next, next month, our small group gather. And I'm not saying you have to do it all on Sunday, but I love that our group meets on Sunday because it, it really embodies all of this. We eat together, right? we laugh together, we pray for each other, we learn together. It, it, it's, it's a perfect summary of kind of what a Sabbath day should be, where we love, we show mercy, we enjoy, we see creativity and food. All of it kind of comes together. So when I look at the Sabbath, it's not just a ritual. It's not just uh, things to do, but it's a day to enjoy. So is this something you have to reorient yourself to? Right? Kind of like those lines on the 91 freeway. You kind of have to like, okay, where, where are we now? What, what do you do with this? Because you maybe grew up thinking one thing and maybe you just heard something else, but I'm take, take some time, search the scriptures, see what Jesus says, and see, and taste and see that the Lord is good, that the Sabbath day is good. It's a day for us to rest, enjoy, and take pleasure in the Lord. Dan Allender wrote this. He says, The Sabbath day is a day we dance and we celebrate with the Lord. It's a day we proclaim joy and fun and happiness and pleasure and creativity with the glory, for the glory of God. It's a day we lift up those who are knocked down and put them back on the same playing field as everybody else. It's a day that the rich do not get richer, the poor do not get poor. It's not just a religious service, but it's the human spirit playing with the Spirit of God to bring the music of heaven to earth. He says, for six days we work. For six days we're in a cursed and broken system. But on this day, we delight in the Lord. One day we lean into the joy and the glory of heaven. Let's live and let's dream about a different kingdom while we live in the kingdom of Babylon.